Welcome to the Harmony Christian Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's message from Pastor Josh Shoemaker. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles now to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're going to start here in verse 21. These last couple weeks, um, I've just been hearing different things from the Holy Spirit uh, concerning this next year. Um, I'm not usually one that, that goes out seeking for a prophetic word for the new year. Um, I, I try to do that throughout the year, not just on January 1st, right? Um, I really want to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so I never try to force uh, a word, uh, a prophetic word or anything like that for the year. Um, but, but these past couple weeks, the Lord has been stirring, uh, some things in me. And so I want to share some of that with you here this morning. The main thing the Lord has been stirring in me, uh, these past couple weeks is prioritizing his presence, making his presence a priority, um, both corporately in, in this, in this room, uh, as a body corporately, uh, but also within my own house. And uh, within my own life, making his presence a priority. And you know, the, the word presence is a word that we use a lot uh, in Christendom, isn't it? We say it a lot even here from the stage, and, and a lot of people use the word, the presence of God. And, um, and I think sometimes we can kind of lose um, some valuable revelation of words because we use them so often. Does that make sense? They just become part of our vernacular, part of our jargon, and we throw those words out there and kind of forget the, the depth of what the, what the word actually means. And so presence, I feel like, is one of those things. We, we talk about the presence of God. We thank him for being here and, and his presence being here. And I think sometimes we lose the, the impact of what that actually looks like and actually means. And I think sometimes we see the presence of God as an object. We see the presence of God as maybe even a feeling. And the presence of God is not an object. It's not a feeling. It's a person. The presence of God is a person. And the presence of God can be here whether you feel it emotionally or you don't. Because the presence isn't an emotion. The presence is is a person. And so when we ask for the presence of God to be here in our service, we're not asking for some emotional experience, although his presence absolutely brings an emotional experience. But we're not asking for those things. We're asking for a person, the person of God to come and to be in the room. And we want to do whatever it takes to host his presence well, whatever it takes to host his presence well. You know, we often talk about the church being the house of God. The church, that the, this building is the house of God, that we're going to the house of God. I want you to, uh, I want to challenge you, look into the New Testament and tell me where the building is ever called the house of God. This building is nice and it's where we gather, but this is not the temple. We are the temple, right? 
the presence of God is not hosted in this room. The presence of God is hosted in us. We host the presence of God. And I think one of the things that's beginning to shift in mindset, my mindset, one of the problems with calling this the house of God is that when we come into this room, we expect God to host us. We expect him to pull out all the stops. We expect him to make us feel comfortable. We expect him to put on a show for us, right? And that's not the way it works. We are the temple of God, which means we host him. It's our job to make him feel comfortable. It's our job to make sure he is getting what he needs. It's our job to make sure he's getting what he wants. It's our job to move everything to make sure he's comfortable. How many of you, uh, I'm mainly speaking to the wives here because husbands generally don't care, but how many of you, when you have guests come over, what do you do? You clean all, everything, right? You, you make sure the, that everything's nice and clean, everything's in order. You make sure that the food is prepared nice. Why? So that your guest can have a good experience, right? So your guest is honored in your house. Well, we are hosting the presence of God. And again, the presence is not an object, it's a person. We are hosting the person of God within this temple right here. And it is our job to make sure that we remain conducive to him, not him to us. Presence has to become a priority. Amen? Presence has to become a priority. If you have your Bibles, again, look at, uh, open up with me to Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 21. Luke chapter 2, verse 21. Um, just to give you some context... Luke chapter 2 is uh, probably one of the more familiar passages in the Christmas story where uh, Jesus is born. So Jesus has been born uh, by now. The angels have come and, and talked to the shepherds. All of that stuff has already happened, right? And now we are going into Luke chapter 20, starting in verse 21. And it says, When eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, uh, as, is, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said of the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Or two young pigeons. There we go. <laughs> and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him, upon his, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. There's so much packed in that little, those couple little verses right there. 
Um, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Let's go ahead and jump now down to verse 36. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, a daughter of uh, Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. And he, she was a gr of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in an instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all of those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So when they had performed all these, all these things, according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. One of the fascinating things to me about this story is that it was an elderly man who was just a resident of Jerusalem and an elderly woman who was 84 years old, who was a widow, that recognized who Jesus was. That it was these two people that are seemingly just ordinary residents of the city who when Jesus came into the temple, they recognized that this child is the Redeemer, the Messiah, the Savior that is to come. What's amazing to me about it is there was no wonder, there was no sign, there was no miracle given to them. At least the shepherds had a host of angels come and tell them, who Jesus was, right? The wise men had a star that led them. And Mary, which hers was probably the most obvious, she had a baby bump, and you don't get those, you know, by accident, right? Well, sometimes you get them by accident, but, <laughs> but she did it, right? <laughs> there were all of these signs given to all of these people, but for these two, there was no sign given. Jesus came into the temple and they saw Jesus and they said, this is the Messiah that I can actually go to my grave now because I have seen the savior of the world and Jesus can't even stand on his own two legs yet. And they know this is the Messiah. How did they know? Because they were hungry to see Jesus. And because they were hungry to see the Messiah, they were hungry for the presence of Jesus. They had eyes to see when nobody else did. Because they were hungry for Jesus, even when he came in this small package without any, any lights, without any show, without any miracles, without any, any big event, they could look at him and say, this is the Christ. This is the salvation of of Israel. Listen, listen to the, the, the phrase that, that Simeon even says there, that the salvation of Israel has come. I think is no, let me, that's not what he says. Let me read it how exactly how he says it. He says, Lord, you now are letting your servant depart in peace. And then he says, for my eyes have seen your salvation past tense. Jesus hasn't done anything yet, but because of his hunger for the presence of Jesus, he has looked upon the baby and is able to proclaim, your salvation has come. Your salvation has come. Do you know who didn't see who Jesus was? 
Do you know who didn't recognize the baby as the Messiah? The ones who should have. The priests. The religious leaders. The ones who perform all of the religious rituals. The ones who teach the law. The ones who study the scriptures. Who reveal the Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah. But they could not see the Messiah when he came into the temple. They held him in their arms. Performed the ritual. And had no idea that they were holding the Redeemer, the Messiah of Israel, that they had been waiting for all along. How could somebody who has studied the Torah, who was looking for the Messiah, who was waiting, how could they have missed Jesus? How could they have missed the one that they had been waiting for all along? They missed him because for them, his presence wasn't enough. A baby in a manger wasn't big enough. A humble young lady and a man from Jerusalem didn't seem like the right parents for the Messiah. His first entrance into the temple didn't seem Messiah-like to them. They wanted signs they wanted miracles. They wanted uh, pomp and celebration and all of these things. They were looking for something big and spectacular. And then Jesus comes, shocks everybody by coming, being born of a young lady in a manger in a small town in a silent night of Bethlehem. And they missed it because they were looking for signs and wonders and not presents. They were looking for something spectacular and not just the fact that he's here. They wanted signs and wonders. Many times in Jesus's ministry, they asked him for signs and wonders. The Pharisees would ask him for signs and wonders. Once in Matthew chapter 12, once in Matthew chapter 12, they asked him for signs, for him to perform signs, wonders, and miracles. Literally that same day, he healed a man with, uh, that had a withered hand. He healed a man with a withered hand. He cast out of a demon out of a man who was deaf and mute. And after he cast the demon out, the man could see and speak. No, wait, he could hear and speak. He could see already before. He did all of it. He could, all of his senses were there after Jesus cast him out. Then a multitude of people just randomly start following him. So Jesus has an impromptu healing meeting where he heals the entire multitudes, everybody that was brought to him. And then the Pharisees come up to him and demand him to perform a sign for them. How much more do you need? How much more do you need? His, and here's the deal. Here's what the Pharisees teach us. That if his presence is not enough, then neither will the signs and wonders be. If his presence is already not enough, if him just being here is not enough for you, then there will never be anything that he can do that will satisfy you. There will never be any worship service that will bring enough fulfillment to you. There will never be any kind of uh, provision that will be good enough for you. You will never be satisfied if his presence is not already enough. And so here's my challenge to you this morning for 2023. Here's what the Lord has been speaking to me and now is speaking to you. Is his presence enough? Is his presence enough? Or do you need presence and a stress-free life? 
Do you need presents and a bigger house? Do you need presents and more money this year to be satisfied? Do you need presents and uh, kids that are perfectly well-behaved? That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? My kids are awesome. You guys are great. Yeah. You're welcome. Is presence enough for you this year? Let me ask you this. Is presence enough? Or do we have to have a church service that fits every preference that you have? Or is presence enough? Is presence enough? Because if it's not enough, you'll never be satisfied. He could show up right here in this room incarnate, in the flesh, right before you. And if that, if his being here is not enough, then, then you wouldn't be satisfied. If we're constantly needing something and his presence isn't enough, then we'll never be satisfied. Can we actually say like David did in Psalms 27, one thing have I desired of the Lord. And that one thing I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. To inquire of the Lord, to see the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Is one thing enough? Is his presence enough for us? My goal and my singular desire for this year is that I would have one passion. That I would have one desire that his presence would be enough for me. Here in Luke chapter 2, we have two people for whom his presence was, was enough. Simeon and Anna. First we see this man named Simeon who is an elderly man whom the Bible says is just a resident of Jerusalem. He's a devout man who is filled with the Holy Spirit and he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. And I think it's interesting that scripture tells us what Simeon is waiting for. He's waiting for the consolation of Israel. It's not that he didn't realize that Israel was broken, right? It's not that he didn't realize that Israel needed something, right? All of those things I said before are real needs, right? We do have to have money to survive, don't we? <laughs> we have to have nice things. We have to have houses and those sorts of things. All of those things are real needs and real things. And so it wasn't that Simeon didn't realize that there was a need in Israel. It's just that he knew that the answer, answer for Israel's brokenness was presence. The answer for Israel's brokenness was presence. That's why when he saw the baby Jesus... He was not even strong enough to stand on his own two legs yet. He says, my eyes have seen your salvation. Because if he is here, then that's where things would change. Why do we pursue his presence? Because it's in his presence that things change. It's in his presence that things are fixed. Throughout scripture, it's when you, we see it physically when Jesus is here in his earthly ministry, that when he steps into a situation, the situation shifts, right? So it's not that we don't need things in our lives. It's that we are pursuing presence, and by, by being in his presence, by default, the things get fixed. 
Because it's in his presence that things are restored and that things are fixed. Amen. So when we even look, even look, let's look big picture now at our nation, the brokenness of our nation. How do we fix the brokenness of our nation? How do we fix the distortions that are going on in our world right now? Some people might say, well, we need the right president and we need the right legislators. We need the right leaders, you know, on doing these things and all those things are good. But listen, we've had all that. Did it work? No. What we need is presence. And just like Simeon was looking for the restoration of Israel through seeing Jesus, we too can look for the restoration of our nation through seeing Jesus come and his presence filling the earth, covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. Jesus, we need your presence. Father, we need your presence in our nation. God, we need your presence in our White House. We need your presence in our Congress, Jesus. We need your presence in our judicial branch, Lord. God, we need your presence in our schools. We need your presence in our churches, Father. God, we need your presence in our media. Father, I pray that you would just continue to encounter the leaders of our nation, Jesus. God, that they wouldn't just have good legislative ideas, but God, that they would encounter the person of Jesus. And that through that, their lives would be completely changed. I was reading an article uh, earlier this week, and uh, it was talking about these different celebrities who had just miraculous encounters with Jesus this past year. One of them was a lady I'd never heard of before. MIA, I think is her name. I'm not real into all the new hip hop stuff, culture stuff. I think her name was MIA, but she was talking about how uh, she had this experience with Jesus and, and uh, she posted online about how she believed in Jesus now. And she said, it was amazing to me how much hate came towards me because I said something about believing in Jesus, right? And soon after she posted that, she said that Jesus actually came to her in a vision while she was sleeping. And she said it was just a real quick thing. It wasn't real long. But she said, she said, it's amazing to me that all this hate going on in the world, and it was the Christian God who came to me to tell me how much he loved me. <laughs> in the midst of all her own brokenness, he came and, and he had an encounter with this young lady. God, I pray that there would be more encounters like that in Jesus' name. God, that you would visit our celebrities, that you would visit those who have a voice into this nation. You would visit our president, our vice president. God, you would visit our Congress. God, that they would encounter you in the name of Jesus. God, that they would experience the presence of God in their, in their house, Father. That they would experience the presence of God in their midst. God, and that it would change their lives in the name of Jesus. That the course of our country would be changed, God, because the people encountered the presence of God in Jesus name. In Jesus name. So you have Simeon who was waiting for the restoration of Israel. And when he saw Jesus, he said, there it is. There's the restoration of Israel. Because if he is here, that's where broken things are mended. The answer to all of our problems is his presence. The second person we meet in this story 
is Anna. Anna is interesting to me because uh, there's a few things that you need to know to understand Anna's story here. One is this. In Luke chapter 20, or 2, chapter 20, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 2, verse 22, there's this really, uh, it seems like just a normal, uh, ordinary verse that just is explaining some things, but it's actually an extremely important verse because it talks about when Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple. And here's why this is important and significant. This is important because the presence of God has been absent from the temple since, I think, 586 BC when Babylon came in and destroyed the temple and took the Ark of the Covenant away. Now, if you don't know, the Ark of the Covenant in Scripture always represents the presence of God. Okay? So Babylon comes in takes the ark, destroys the temple, and ever since that happened, there has not been, the, the presence of God has not been represented within the temple. It has been absent from the temple. Now, the ark has been missing, uh, but here recently it came up from an archaeologist named Indiana Jones, found it, and, uh, and it's stored away. It's stored away in a government building somewhere, but up until this point, the ark had not been found or seen. I know, it was a lame joke, but I... I thought it was funny. It's one of those jokes, if I would have told my wife I was going to say it, she would have told me not to, but that's okay. So the ark, the presence of God has been absent from the temple since 586 BC. Since 586 BC, the presence of God has been absent from the temple. Which means, if the presence of God has been absent from the temple... In Luke chapter 2, verse 22, when Mary and Joseph walk in with Jesus, it's the first time since 586 that the presence of God has been in the temple. And it fulfills Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord. So Jesus walks into the temple and the presence of God is restored into the temple. So Anna was willing to fast night and day in a place absence of presence until presence came. That Anna was willing, listen, that's, Anna was willing, hear this church, to fast and pray in a place, absence of the manifest presence of God. For 84 years, until the presence of God came. This was such a word for me this week. How long are you willing to wait? How hungry are you for the presence to come into your temple? How hungry are you for the manifest presence of God? Are you willing to go into a place that is absence of presence and fast and pray night and day until presence shows up. 
Thank you, Jesus. Are you willing to go to your workplace and fast and pray and believe God until you see presence show up? Are you willing in your homes to fast and pray until you see presence fill your house? Are you willing to go to places that are absence of presence and be faithful to intercede until you see presence manifested in that place? So Anna fasted and prayed in a place absence of presence until she saw presence come. The other fascinating thing about Anna is this. And this is going to be important here in a little bit, here in just a minute. Scripture tells us in verse 36 that Anna is the daughter of a man named Phanuel. Now, Phanuel is the Greek pronunciation of the Hebrew name Penuel. Now, some of you recognize that name Penuel. For those of you who maybe don't remember, um, Penuel is the place in Genesis chapter 32 where Jacob wrestles with God. Remember that? He wrestles with God and uh, until God blesses him. And that is where Jacob's name is changed from Jacob to Israel. And Jacob, Israel, calls the place Penuel. Penuel means face to face with God. Penuel means face to face with God. It's also the word penuel. It means face to face with God. It's the word that the Bible translates presence over and over again with. When they see that word penuel, they translate it presence. So here's, here's, what's, here's what's fascinating and, and so prophetic about this scripture. That Anna was the daughter of penuel, which means this. She was the daughter of presence. She was the daughter of presence. So here you have a girl who is the daughter of presence, who is willing to go into a place that is absence of presence and intercede until presence comes. She is the daughter of presence, and she is willing to intercede until presence comes. And here's what I got from that this morning, and this is a prophetic word. I believe God is raising up Annas who are daughters and sons of presence. And what I mean by that is they are those who have experienced the presence of God before in a real and in a deep way. That he is raising up sons and daughters of presence that are willing to go and sit in a place absence of presence and pray and fast until presence comes. That he's raising up daughters and sons of presence who are willing to go where absent, places that are absence of presence until presence comes. Amen? There's another family at play here, and I'm almost done. There's another person at play, or really it's a family at play, and it's the holy family. In verse 39 and 40, it tells us, it tells us that when they had done all of these things in the temple... According to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And here's what I think is interesting about this. I love the simplicity that Mary and Joseph 
just took Jesus home. That Jesus sat at their table. That they gave him clothes and provided for him. They gave him a place to rest and to sleep. That Mary and Joseph hosted Jesus. The scripture doesn't tell us much about what happened between the time he was taken to the temple and the time his ministry started 30 years later, other than that one of wonderful moment for Mary and Joseph where they lose the son of God and have to go find him. They don't, it doesn't really tell us much of what is going on within those years. So you have to wonder, was there any miracles? Was there any signs? Was there anything happening in Mary and Joseph's home? Or were they just faithful to host his presence? Were they just faithful to host Jesus? And I wonder if we are willing to do that within our own homes. Are we willing to create environments in our homes that are conducive to hosting the presence of God. So let me just recap on this. Here's what I, I believe God's going to do three things in 2023. I believe he's raising up Simeons that will be filled with the spirit to see Jesus and contend for his presence to come and bring change. That he's raising up Simeons that will be filled with the Spirit to see Jesus. When nobody else can see Jesus moving and working, that there are Simeons who will be able to see the presence of God when nobody else can. And they will contend for that presence to come and make all things new. And to bring change. I believe that's both in your own home. And I believe that's for our corporate body. And I even believe that's for the nation. That there will be Simeons who will see Jesus and contend for his presence to bring change. I believe he's raising up Annas who will be daughters and sons of presence. Those who have experienced his presence before. That are willing to go and sit in a place absence of presence and pray and fast until presence comes. That our cities and our regions around us that are absence of his presence, where our schools are absence of presence, that there's going to be Annas that are going to be willing to go into that place who carry revival within them, who carry the manifest presence of God within them, that there are going to be ones who will be able to go to places absence of presence and contend until presence comes into that place. So he's raising up Simeon's, he's raising up Anna's, and then I also believe he's raising up houses of Joseph. Houses of Joseph that will make his presence their only priority. That they will do whatever it takes to host him well. Who will say, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that one thing will I seek. And I believe that is a word for this house here at Harmony Christian Church, that we will be a house of Joseph that is willing to do whatever it takes to host his presence well. That we will move, we'll do whatever it takes, we'll say whatever he says, we'll, we'll, we'll um, make convenient for him whatever he wants so we can host his presence here in our midst. Amen. He's raising up Simeon's. He's raising up Annas. And he's raising up houses 
of Joseph. Doug, I even declare you're a house of Joseph. That Harmony House and Guiding Light Church is a house of Joseph that hosts the very presence of God. You host the presence of God in your homes or in Harmony House. I also hear this over our life group leaders. You are houses of Joseph. That when you invite people into your homes for life group, when they come to your house, that it's going to be a place where the presence of God resides because you are a house of Joseph that hosts his presence. And life group, I believe this year is going to go to another level that it's, it's not just, it's, it's going to be uh, like what it, what it always has been where we can gather together, where we can get to know each other, where the body can be strengthened together. But I believe it's also going to be a place where you experience and have encounters with the manifest presence of God in your homes. That things are going to change in people's lives because they come into your home and experience the presence of God. Because you have hosted him well. Not just the people coming to your house, but you have hosted him well. You are house of Joseph. Harmony Christian Church is a house of Joseph. Let's go ahead and stand together this morning. Father, your presence is enough for us. Father, your presence is enough for us. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for, God, that you gave the example in the Christmas story that you are Emmanuel, God with us. God, that you made your home amongst us. And Father, that because you have come to us, Father, we want to host you well. And so, Father, as a church body, we declare whatever we have to do to host you well, we say yes to it. Whatever it looks like, Jesus, we say yes to hosting your presence because your presence is enough for us. Father, I thank you that within this room, there are Simeons. There are those who will contend for the presence of God to come and change our region, to change our homes, to change our cities, to change our nation, Father. That there are Simeons who will contend for the presence of God to come. Father, I thank you that there are Annas in this room, God, who have experienced the presence of God before. That who are sons and daughters of the presence. Who are going to be willing to go into places who are absence of presence until they see presence come into that place. And Father, I thank you that this is a house of Joseph. And we say yes to hosting you well. God, your presence is enough for us. Our one desire in 2023, our one passion is to pursue you with all of our heart, with all of our strength, Jesus. You are the one thing we desire. God, we honor you today. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more messages like this or information about our church, please visit harmonychurchfamily.org.